Hello, my name is Adam Pacitti from Cultaholic.com, and you're listening to Pint, a pro wrestling podcast. You love it. What is going on, guys? My name is Austin, and welcome to Pinned, a pro wrestling podcast. Um, and this is going to be an interesting episode because this is my first ever solo episode that I am bringing to you guys. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, Michigan was in a bit of a polar vortex, uh, as well as most of the Midwest of the United States. Um, and yeah, we had a little bit of trouble getting together to record this week due to the vortex being as bad as it was. So, First off, we want to apologize for not getting this episode to you as soon as possible. We really wanted to record with you guys, but weather conditions were out of our out of our hands and we couldn't really do anything about it. And then when we tried to make up time, I had other engagements that I had to meet. And then Chad had other engagements as well. It was hard to get everybody locked down because everyone was just catching up from college being closed down and people not coming into work that day due to the weather. So we're getting this Royal Rumble episode to you as quickly as possible, and it's just going to be me for this week. Um, Chad will be back next week, and hopefully you guys enjoy this solo episode, because I'm very excited, because I've never done a solo episode for the podcast before, and the last solo episode we did was when Chad tried to uh, say that he had a guest host in the name of Jim Cornette, which I mean, very well could have been Jim Cornette. I really couldn't tell the difference. I wasn't in the studio, so he could have had Jim. It's very possible, but he also couldn't, but... I'll leave that up to you to decide. Um, but yeah, um, for this episode, we're obviously going to talk about Royal Rumble. Um, spoilers shouldn't be a big deal. The, uh, the pay-per-view is already a week old. I'm currently recording this right before Monday Night Raw for tonight. Um, so it'll be the first Monday Night Raw of February. So there's a time capsule for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also just ate dinner. So um, yeah, and I am just wanted to really quickly give give you guys my thoughts on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and just a little quick little thought process that I had of last week's Raw SmackDown should go through that relatively quickly. I won't go bit by bit because it's already a week in the past and we got next week's this week's Raw to bring to you guys. Hopefully on Friday we should have that episode for you guys and hopefully this episode will be up around Tuesday afternoon is where I want to hope it would be up because we're going to try to get this up as soon as possible. Either way, with all that out of the way, Royal Rumble 2019 was just uh, last week, last Sunday, um, and it was a show. <laughs> I think main the main thing I thought going out of this show was that there was a lot of really good decisions, and then there was a lot of why was this made decisions, and then there was a lot of decisions that I saw coming but still pissed me off. Um, so we got a good range of emotions, I feel like, out of me for this Um episode of the well of this episode and for this uh royal rumble pay-per-view so let's just get it started with the kickoff show first up we had a very thrown together at the last minute very random match between bobby Roode and chad gable versus razar from aop and scott dawson from the revival it was a non-title match this would have resulted in a future tag team opportunity for both aop and the revival should they beat the raw tag team champions which is a really weird stipulation to be like, you're, both your teams will get a shot at the tag team titles, but you have to have one member from each of your team. It was really weirdly thrown together. And I feel like most of the crew for the show didn't know what was happening either, considering that during Bobby Roode's entrance, cameraman fell flat on his ass, which was really a big highlight, honestly, for the show, and definitely made me crack up. And the match itself was nothing to write home about. 
Um, Bobby Roode is one of those guys, like, I hear so many times people online saying Bobby Roode is overrated, which I can understand where they get that assumption or where they have that belief. But if you want to see Bobby Roode at his strongest, you can watch some of his stuff from TNA, or you can watch some of his stuff from NXT. I mean, the guy himself is a phenomenal heel. Truly one of the last uh, really good classic heels that you would see back in the old age of wrestling when kayfabe was very much still intact but when he came up to the main roster they made him babyface because of the glorious bomb which i mean i understand for a small period of time but then everyone was like okay two months down the line they're gonna turn him heel and then that's when we're gonna get bobby Roode that we all know and love the one that can challenge for world titles the one that can just be that mega heel that we know he could be and it didn't really happen. And they they kept him babyface the whole time. Never once during his time on the main roster have they even decided to turn him heel. I don't even know how long he's been on the main roster now. But, like, not even once have they made the decision with him floating in the mid-card to just turn him heel. Instead, he's just randomly tag team champions with J- Chad Gable, who also deserves more, but <clears throat> due to him... Losing his tag team partner to an awful Kurt Angle son storyline, who then also later got injured. Um, you really put Chad Gable in a bad spot because he was never really helpful for solo competition. As much as the as he can go, he can he can wrestle with the best of them, but he's always been lumped together as a tag team guy. So. They put him with Bobby Roode because he had nothing to do, and they made him Raw Tag Team Champions because the Raw Tag Division has nothing going on. So, it's really just a shame, but anyway, moving quickly on to the United States Championship match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. And this match was fine, but it just proved to me how much I think both of these guys just need to go. Because you look at Shinsuke Nakamura, and because he went over in this match, he won the title back, he was a two-time United States Champion, and then... Not two days after he won the title, he then loses it to R-Truth. And I'm not disrespecting R-Truth in any way, because R-Truth, honestly, in this last run that he's had re- recently, where he's been with Carmella, has he's produced incredible stuff. And you don't see a lot of guys like him, comedy wrestlers, who stand the test of time, because he's been around for a very long time, at, at least over 10 years. And... The fact that he's been able to keep this longevity shows how much uh, he's willing to give to the business and how much he's willing to work to keep himself relevant. And he's done a great job at that. So I think R-Truth was well in line for an, uh, for a championship. And the United States Championship, I think, is a good title for him to hold. But now we have Shinsuke Nakamura again just floundering because you fucked him up. You didn't do anything with him. You gave him WWE championship match but matches but you never gave him the chance to go with the title. You never gave him the chance to actually have a run with that belt. And it just I keep I say it all the time. SummerSlam 2017 when he lost to Jinder Mahal. And it was the it was the same way he won almost every single match. Singh brother interference, then the Coloss, and then he retained the title. First person to beat Shinsuke Nakamura, clean. Not even, well, not really clean, but first person to beat Shinsuke Nakamura. But then later on, he would beat him clean. So it's like, what the fuck? And as for Rusev, 
that guy got over just completely naturally on his own and management absolutely despised him for that and they tanked him instead of trying to make money with him and like they made the Rusev Day shirts they made the calendars but that was it they never gave him anything that he could truly hold on to yeah, I mean, the United States Championship was a decent thing, but, like, he had nobody to feud with. He had no good storylines. It was just they didn't know what the hell to do with the guy, mostly because he was always built up as this foreigner heel, but they just did nothing with him. And it's a true, it's truly a shame for both of these guys, which is why, honest to God, I think both of them should leave and join AEW or just go to the independents. Um, but most likely WWE won't let them do that because they're they're holding everybody out on their contracts until they run out and keeping them as long as possible so that way they can't go to AEW, which is incredibly childish and it's incredibly ridiculous for Vince to do that. It shows just how scared he is of AEW, that he's holding on to so many of these guys that he's doing nothing with, but just keeping them on contract so that way they can't go anywhere. It's 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 just a mess either way. But to, to wrap up the the kickoff show, we had the very good Cruiserweight Championship four-way match between Buddy Murphy, Hideo Itami, Akira Tozawa, and Kalisto. This match was really good. I was very, very impressed by them. Um, not a Kalisto guy, honestly. Not a Lucha House Party guy either. Um, the fact that you can make your own rule set and then, like, nobody knows how the fuck that rule set works. And you're like, yeah, we did that. And that's considered a babyface thing. Really fucking weird. Really doesn't make any sense to me. But everybody else in the match is really good. Uh, felt fucking nice to see Adeo Itami on a pay-per-view. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this match, honestly, could have been on the main show. And if there was a match that I thought it could replace on the main show, it could have replaced Shane and Miz versus The Bar. And that's, that's just because of my dis- distaste of Shane McMahon. And also just because the bar has been kind of played out. But that's just my personal thing, thinking. But, you know, it's, it was still a great way to finish off the kickoff show, which was mediocre at best. And then we get into the main show, where we got the SmackDown Women's Championship between Asuka and Becky Lynch. Now, as soon as they made this match go on first, I think myself and a lot of people realized Becky's going in the Rumble. Because they're, they... They used this match so that Becky could get a good get in a good performance, have a lot of time to take a break before the women's rumble, and then come in and then tear house. And the match itself was incredibly good. And I think this match did a lot more for Asuka than I feel like it did for Becky. And it didn't need to do anything for Becky because Becky Lynch is the biggest thing in in, in probably in the WWE, but but by far the biggest thing in women's wrestling in the WWE. So, Asuka needed this because ever since she lost her streak at WrestleMania, she had been floundering and she hadn't really had anything going for her. I mean, for God's sake, she got duped by James Ellsworth. That's something. Um, (laughs) But, like, this match really helped her out, especially because in the TLC match where she won the title, people could make excuses like, oh, nobody was paying attention to her. She snuck in there and won it. She didn't actually beat anybody. Charlotte and Becky were too preoccupied with themselves. She kind of just swooped in and took it. And then she gets this amazing singles. She gets this amazing singles win over Becky Lynch, which solidifies herself as a SmackDown Women's Champion. 
and solidifies herself once again as a fucking killer. And, like, she did a damn good job in that match, too. Not to mention, Becky looked incredible, too. The Bex, the Super Bexploder from the second rope. Whew, man, that was... that. They both tore the house down with that match. A great match to open up the show and let in for Becky Lynch to appear in the Rumble. And, yeah, um, I don't think her tapping out either was that big of a deal, honestly. I think that you need Asuka to look that that vicious by making somebody like Becky Lynch tap out. And also, you could just make it seem like she was tapping out just so she could preserve herself in the Rumble. That making Becky the smarter one. You never know. And then she gets her chance to get at Ronda Rousey, which is what she wanted back at Survivor Series. So, <laughs> take it of it as what you will. But I don't see of it as a bad thing, honestly. I think Asuka going over the way that she did was great. And I thought it was a really bang-on start to the show. Then we had the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between The Miz and Shane McMahon versus Debar. <clears throat> and this match was fine. <clears throat> and honestly, I think it's just more so me just being so sick and tired of Shane McMahon. I mean, from the beginning, I, and, it, and it seems ridiculous to, la- to latch onto it so long, for so long. But, I mean, for God's sakes, when, when the commissioner of your brand says that the show is going to be focused around the wrestlers and not focused on management... And then he becomes SmackDown Tag Team Champion, as well as being named the best wrestler in the world at the Crown Jewel World Cup. It's like, come the fuck on. And it's just more so me tired of it. And also, it's kind of me also, because I do think it's good for Miz to have this title too. Because I think Miz is definitely deserving of a of a tag team run. And even though it's with Shane and it's really fucking weird, I think the Miz was deserving of a title run re- relatively soon. It was more so my my personal thought that The Miz was one of those guys that um, I feel like down the line he could hold the WWE Championship and people would actually take it as credible, unlike they did the one and only time he held that title. And because when he held that title back in back during WrestleMania 28, all, all anybody cared about was... Well, when he held that title during uh, WrestleMania 27... All people were talking about were The Rock. And then when The Rock interfered in John Cena, and then that was all people cared about. And his title run became an afterthought because that was all people cared about. Now, so now that people people respect Miz, I think, a lot more than they used to, and that Miz has shown himself to be an all-around really good performer for the WWE, I think it would be better to give him one more run with the main belt because I think he deserves it. Um, and with him and the SmackDown tag titles, and I get that the the, the WWE title picture is very much fulfilled with guys like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So, like, I get that. And I think I understand that. And I also understand why he can't do the Universal title because it's so filled up with Bork Laser. But I still think at some point, The Miz is due for another WWE title run. And that's just my thought. Because I think The Miz is definitely proven himself if anything that talking smack promo that's what i think solidified myself with the miz being like yeah this guy knows what the fuck is going on and he's doing really good work then we had the raw women's championship match between ronda rousey and sasha banks now this match was a real should was going to be a real turning point for ronda rousey because this was a year after she made her debut in the wwe and this was her first really big test in singles competition because up until then she had done a lot of stuff in 
She'd done a lot of stuff with WWE, but it was still a while before she got her first really big one-on-one chance and with somebody of the caliber of talent that like Sasha Banks. So this was big for her, honestly. So I I was really hoping that Ronda came out swinging, proved a lot of people wrong, went good, went for like a good 20-minute match. The match was obviously cut short because of the two rumbles. It went about 14 minutes. I thought it could have gone longer. Um, but at the same time, and this isn't me criticizing her wrestling ability, because I know a lot of people criticize her wrestling ability because she's only been doing it for about, she's only been in the, in the WWE for about a year, and she hasn't wrestled that many matches. But not me criticizing her wrestling ability or Sasha's. The match itself was relatively sloppy, I feel. There was a lot of uh, jumbled up moves and moves that looked sloppy and some that were looked relatively dangerous that I felt felt could have went really wrong. Um, I think the big, one of my problems also with this match was the fact that Ronda really let the crowd get to her because there was a point, I think the crowd started chanting that she couldn't wrestle. And then Ronda started shouting at the crowd, you think I can't wrestle? You think I can't wrestle? And then proceeded to do like a suplex or something. That's a mistake. And I think Ronda needs to really check herself right there to be like because i understand the 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 knee-jerk reaction to freak out at that because well the people telling you that you can't wrestle also don't wrestle it's kind of a thing where it's like you can't really tell tell somebody they can't do something if you haven't done it yourself and i totally get that argument and i and i for the most part i agree i agree to that um that argument but also you can't be lashing out at them over that because you're feeding them stuff that they want. Because the fans, when you start lashing at them, then you give them a reason to lash back. And you build a relationship with the fans that isn't going to go over well. And really, for somebody like Ronda, definitely you don't need something like that. But, I mean, overall the match was okay, I think. And I think there was a lot of room for improvement. I think there was a lot of points where Sasha was really helping Ronda a lot through the match. It was a good first test, I think, for her, and I think there's a lot of room for improvement for her, and I think um, were she to do a few matches building up towards WrestleMania with Becky Lynch, because that match has got so much potential, Ronda needs to make sure she pulls her weight with that too, because as much as people love Becky, if the match isn't good, they're going to put the blame on Ronda, so the pressure is on her, and I know Ronda's very good at dealing with under-pressure situations. She's been in the UFC. She knows what that kind of situation feels like. It's a different type of uh, pressure, but either way, she could still handle it. And and I know that she there's rumors still being about her leaving WWE to have a family uh, after WrestleMania. And if that's the case, that's great, and I think more power to her. Um, it gives her a lot of time to rest to and recuperate and see... If she can get some more improvement in training as she's being a fan, as she's being a mother and being a, being a part of a family, um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, also, just because you have the four horsewomen still that you can run wild with, um, I think that your big first step into making sure that's fixed is have a shakeup. You could have Bailey and Sasha go to SmackDown and have them finally go at it for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then there you go. That's a good feud that you can have for your SmackDown title. That's just my thought. Um, but overall, I wasn't upset with the match. 
thought there could have been a lot of improvements, but Ronda went over Sasha, as a lot of people expected. And yeah, it was good. I think there was a small tease of Sasha possibly turning heel on Ronda. I don't. I think a lot of people wanted her to, um, but obviously they're building towards Ronda versus Becky, so nothing like that was going to happen. But either way, then we had the women's Royal Rumble match. This match had some cool moments in it. I don't think it was better than last year's because obviously last year's Women's Rumble, for the first ever Women's Rumble, they pulled out all the stops. They brought back returning superstars. You had people like Lita, Trish Stratus, and you had so many amazing names, Ivory, Jacqueline. Like It was like... It, they had some big names in there. They had Stacey Keebler. They had Kelly Kelly. They had a bunch of returning people and also some NXT people. But for this one, they couldn't really do that. They didn't really have the access to all the names. Um, we had Lacey Evans, who obviously debuted at number one, who had her first debut at number one. And, oh, God. Um, Lacey, Lacey, Lacey. Okay, Lacey Evans uh, was very poor during the Women's Rumble. And for her to be the first person in there... The Rumble did not get onto a good start because she was incredibly sloppy and felt very uncomfortable in her in the in the ring. And it did not did not show off very well. And also, it really bothers me with her the way that she slowly says words when she cuts her promos. I get that she's playing a character. But that character is like, it's I it's ear grating. I get that the point is it's kind of supposed to be ear grating, but at the same time, it's like if your wrestling ability can't back it up either, it's we're gonna have a problem. So that needs to be fixed. I think Lacey needs to go back to developmental to really try to hone what she's got going on. As I take a swig of my drink, um. In terms of uh, people in the match, uh, we had uh, Shai Lee, who made her debut in uh, on the in the Rumble from the mixed ta- from the uh, <clears throat> excuse me May Young Classic. We also had Kari Sane appear. Maria Kanellis made her return, and she looked great considering she just had a kid a while ago. Candice LeRae made her debut on the main roster, which was awesome. And then we also had the debuting of Io Shirai, and not only that. We had Casey Catanzaro from American Ninja Warrior, who for the longest time we knew from from social media posts and from YouTube videos that she had been in the developmental area for NXT and she'd been at the Performance Center. We didn't know if she was just going to be there for training or if she was actually going to sign. She did end up signing um, and she made her debut on the main roster. And it was a good way for WWE to still get headlines with having somebody like that because Casey blew up with American Ninja Warrior with her incredible performance, which if you haven't seen, I 100% recommend that you check it out. So it was great to see her. Naomi did a did her uh, spot, her Kofi Kingston style spot where she balanced on the barricade. She like nearly fell over and I swore a fan might actually put might have actually pushed her over. And then Casey did her own sort of Kofi uh, Naomi spot where she had her feet balanced on the... Uh, on the barricade and then she handstand walked towards the ring post and then facing backwards wrapped her legs around it and pulled herself up so that way she could get back in the ring and it was really well done also she's just 
she is so small but agile and has like strength to her and agility and she did a really really good job for her first appearance chad was 100 percent hating on her because he's chad but i think it's really exciting to see somebody like casey be in the ring and i think if 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 improving enough and keeping a good solid work ethic and just honing her craft and finding a really good character that she can latch onto and just making sure her wrestling ability matches with that of the other women's talent. I see no problem with her being on the main roster and I see no problem with her um just just being in the company. And then um yeah, I think I think she I think she can do really good stuff and I was it was very cool to see her. And then we had number 29, Lana and Lana, well, actually, no, not number 29. She had, we had number 28. We had Lana, and Lana had her foot, because Rusev accidentally knocked Lana over in the, in their, in his match with Shinsuke Nakamura. She still had a messed up foot. She was selling it. She was going hard, hardcore kayfabe, and she couldn't make it down to the ring. And Becky Lynch comes out. And Finley is there checking on Lana, and she starts screaming at Finley, let me take her spot, which why the hell does Finley have any say over the Royal Rumble match? And Finley just lets her do it, and Finley goes on goes on, and lets Becky Lynch go into the match until number 29 is Nia Jax, and we had the face-off between Nia and Becky, the face-breaker, and the last-kicker. The crowd was going absolutely ballistic. Becky Lynch was able to get her revenge on Nia Jax. It was really, really well done. And then the last two people, I believe, were Charlotte Flair and... It was Charlotte Flair, I'm pretty sure, and... it was Well, the last three were Nia Jax, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. And Charlotte was eliminated by Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch won the Women's Royal Rumble... And she will move on to challenge Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. And as fact, tonight she makes her return to Mon- excuse me, Monday Night Raw. Like I said, wasn't really the best compared to last year's Rumble. Understandably so, why they didn't have as much star power as they did before. But I think with what they had, they did a really good job. Um, and I think the right person won. Um, just the match itself at many times could have been, was relatively sloppy or just, they didn't have enough big names. And then we had the WWE championship match between Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Now this one was pretty obvious to see what was coming. Um, but not in the way that it finished. And I kind of want to get your guys' response to this. So if you guys want to conversate with me about the Royal Rumble or anything, you can tweet at us at Pinned Podcast, or you can tweet me personally at SZoomer4, just to give me your guys' thoughts on what you thought about this. So Daniel Bryan ended up going over AJ Styles. However, he went over thanks to the help of Eric Rowan. And I don't know about you guys, but... I I would have I like I get it it gives Eric Rowan something to do but like they drop they drop Bludgeon Brothers right on their heads like legitimately like wow we don't know what to do with you now and that's what you do when you give them a stupid gimmick like they have big hammers and that's it they were the Wyatt family but with big hammers 
that's it. So Eric Rowan comes out and he would then screw over AJ Styles and then Daniel Bryan would then be able to win the match, which made it a small reuniting of the Wyatt family with Daniel Bryan that one short time. So I guess there's something tied in there with that. But at the same time, it's like still it still didn't make a lot of sense at the time. It just it was weird, but the right person won, and at least it gives us an interesting idea with Eric Rowan. I just don't really see the need of Daniel Bryan needing a heater, so that was my personal thought. And then we get to my favorite part of the night with all the quotation marks and all the sarcasm, the Universal Championship match between Brock Lesnar and Finn Balor. I mean, we were not surprised in the slightest. First off, getting it out of the way, Brock's face. Jesus Christ. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> it's really like, it like was like, it got memed instantly. It's, it's, it's just, it's just Brock, I guess. But, so Finn Balor put in a hell of an effort and he did crazy good work, hit the coup de gras kicked out Brock and then immediately put him in the Kimura lock. Uh, and then just quickly made him tap out. Brock Lesnar won the title match took about a little over eight minutes and yeah, it, we all knew it was going to happen, but I like a fucking sucker actually started to get hope for Finn Balor because I poured my heart out for him in our last episode. I poured my heart out for Finn Balor and how I just wanted them to just do it. But I knew they weren't going to do it. And I had hope and I was foolish to have hope. Because why should I have hope in a company that timeless times would just do the safest fucking shit or just give it to a guy who really doesn't deserve the championship and in Finn Balor's only one-on-one rematch for the Universal Championship, they get it out of the way. Finn has no more things to hold on to. He tried to get the title he never lost. He lost, so now there's nothing for him to do. I don't want to hear any bullshit being like, oh, he'll be in the in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, or oh, he'll be this, or... No. No, I'm sorry. At this point, they they took their shot. They shot, they 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 gave Finn his shot, they kicked him on his ass, turn the other cheek, walk out. It's it's I want him out of there. Like I'm like a concerned parent right now that just wants my son to leave this garbage school to go to the nicer school two counties over. And it's a weird fucking thing to be like, but I know how good Fergal Devitt is. I know how good Prince Devitt is. There is no fucking reason. Why he should be this misused. Yes, the match was good. I agree that the match was good. But we've seen this shit over and over again. You give a guy like Finn Balor. Oh, but he got some good offense in. I'm sorry, that's happened so many times with people like Brock Lesnar. It doesn't mean anything. Because two weeks from now, he will be doing nothing. He will be losing to Baron Corbin. And then he'll just be fucking sitting on his ass while nothing happens it's it's pointless it's useless there's no reason for it so just let him go 
once his contract runs out, I say he goes. And he would be the perfect guy to go to AEW. Genuinely be the perfect guy. Because for him to reunite with his former Bullet Club members, or for him to go back to New Japan, he could reunite with the fucking... He could reunite with the Gorillas of Destiny. I don't give a shit what he does. Just fucking leave. Say, bring the club with you, too. They're not doing anything. Fucking botch club. What the fuck is that? Anyway, we all knew it was going to happen. I, like a fool, tried to get hope. And that's what I get. And then we had the men's rumble to end the show. And it was the right guy winning. Like like Chad and I thought in our heart of hearts, we knew it was going to be Seth Rollins. We knew it was going to be Seth. And Seth was the right pick. So we're going to get Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. And I think Seth's the right guy to take it off of him. I genuinely do think that. So... Honest to God, it's like it's very much a happy feeling. So it's great. The match itself was all right. We had the we had a spine buster through the announce table by Bobby Lashley onto AJ Styles to not to AJ not to AJ Styles to Seth Rollins out to the outside, which was really really well done. Seth fucking like nailed that thing. And then we had the appearance of Nia Jax. Once again, another female in the men's rumble. Um, it's, he, she's now the third one, and she was there just so she could get RKO'd by Randy Orton, which was a really fucking cool moment. Um, I will say, very weird in terms of people. Uh, in terms of people in the rumble, we had Kurt Angle, who was there, and also we opened the match with Elias and Jeff Jarrett. Which pissed Chad off to no end. And he'll he'll tell you when he's back on of how mad he was about Jeff Jarrett. He literally walked out the door when we were watching it together. Johnny Gargano made his appearance in the Rumble, which was fucking awesome. I was very happy to see him. We had we had Mustafa Ali in there. Kofi Kingston's spot was good. I think Kofi has just proven himself to do crazy fucking cool things. And I just think that like Everybody expects so much out of him. But Kofi did a really, really good job. Pete Dunne made an appearance. Um, we also had... Oh, excuse me. Yeah, we had Randy Orton, who obviously came back. And then the number 30 spot was supposed to be our truth But then Nia Jax came out. So, it was weird. It was a weird... It was honestly a weird rumble. It... it I thought it was good. I thought... Um, it did really well done. I thought the curb stomp onto Braun Strowman at the end of the match was a really good way to finish it off. Um, it wasn't anything, like, out of the ordinary. And, like, the right guy won. There wasn't any huge returns or anything like that except for Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was really the only guy who returned. Kurt Angle was in the match. Didn't look all that great, honestly. And I think Kurt should really decide to wrap it up pretty soon because I think Kurt doesn't really have much that he can give for that kind of, for for the for the WWE anymore. But overall, as I let it sim- sit and as I let it simmer, because I was fucking fuming after Finn lost, because like an idiot, I gained hope. I thought the show itself was a good show. And I think the right people won the Rumble. I think it's building to some really good matches for WrestleMania that people can get really hyped on. Um, I think there's a lot of room to build with storylines. I'm very interested to see what storylines build off of the Rumble from eliminations. We don't really know what's going to come off of that. But... Yeah, um, now going into Monday Night Raw and some other news, obviously, 
uh, Dean Ambrose uh, was announced that he will be writing out the rest of his contract and then leaving. Um, and uh, they announced it very randomly and just kind of out of the blue. And Chad was instant to believe, like, oh, this will work. But I don't think it's a work. And it's like, it's just so much of the fact that, like, for them to be so public about it, I genuinely just don't think it's a work. And you can let me know what you guys think. Obviously, I think genuinely that with what Dean Ambrose has been doing, it was very much like, what the fuck? So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But they, Seth and Dean had a match on Raw, which was a good match. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know really with Dean. Yeah, it was weird where Nia attacked Dean Ambrose. I don't really understand. I don't know. It's like... I don't know. It's, it's a really weird, interesting thing. And I think... The main thing with me with Raw has just been it's a really big slog. And a lot of the storylines don't mean anything. I mean, Finn Balor tried to address the WWE Universe, the, the Raw, after he lost, and then just got pummeled by Bobby Lashley, which is more of like a kick you in the ass, fuck you, get out, bye. So, I mean, if that, like I said, if that doesn't prove to you that Finn should leave, like, I don't know what you're talking about. He, he should be gone, like, instantly. There's no reason why he should still be here. Because I don't fucking... I don't want to see Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. I don't want to see Finn Balor do anything if it's not going for like the IC title or the Universal title or moving to SmackDown to go for the WWE title. Because, like we said last time we were on the show, Finn Balor has won the NXT Championship and he was Finn and he was like the best overall competitor of 20 whatever when he was in NXT. He has not won a single title on the main roster. Let that fucking sink in, please. Because if I, I've said it all already. Let that sink in. It's just, yeah. Jeff Jarrett was once again on the show for... Uh, 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 Jeff Jarrett was once again on the show to interrupt Elias. And Road Dog came out too. Just for Elias to hit them both with the guitar. It was so stupid. It was funny... But if is 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 Elias supposed to be a babyface? Is he supposed to be a heel? I don't know. We obviously have the women's tag team championships that we're building towards, which is very exciting. I think the build will become a lot more prevalent as the more weeks come on. Ronda Rousey and Bailey had an had a cool face off that really went really well and just cements Becky Lynch as a star. Um. I want Drew McIntyre to legitimately like have a good title run on the main roster for, for Monday Night Raw. Give him the IC belt. I think that's a solid get. Um, and yeah, that was that. That's really all I had to say for Raw. Becky Lynch was attacked by Charlotte Flair um, on on SmackDown, which was really good. Charlotte is doing great heel work. Because she's proven that she can do amazing heel work. And I think she'll do really good challenging Asuka in a rematch from last year. And then Asuka can get her win back over Charlotte. I think that would be a solid way to end off that feud for WrestleMania. And give both Charlotte and Asuka something really good to do. In a way to top themselves from last year. And I think that's like a really easy thing to do. Like I said, 
R-Truth won the U.S. title. It's cool to see him hold the title, but, like, at the, at the same time, I don't know why Shinsuke is still there. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Just really doesn't. And, I like, SmackDown itself, we saw another uh, match. We saw another statement. Well, we just saw another in- interaction between Andrade and Mysterio, which is good, um, but I feel like we've had too much of Andrade versus Rey after that first match. I get that those two can work together, but I feel like it would have been a lot cooler to see someone like Samoa Joe go up with uh, Rey Mysterio because just having that David versus Goliath sort of thing, not the way Vince describes it. Vince doesn't know what the fuck David and Goliath is. But, yeah. I think that would have been a better way to go off it. We had The Miz and Shane McMahon, and... They're also going to be, yeah, they're also, they had a fatal four-way elimination match to determine who would face them for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was the Usos. Really would have liked to see Heavy Machinery get it, just to kind of mix up the tag teams a little bit, but, I mean, the Usos always put on great stuff. Um, And then we also had Daniel Bryan, who trashed the WWE Championship and made it wooden. And that'll be the last thing I'll talk about for this show, but it's a really interesting to talk about, thing to talk about because I know a lot of people who are mad about it. A lot of people are mad about the new design. In which case, yeah, there you go. You're mad at something Akil did. That's kind of what they want you to do. I personally have no problem with the title. I think it looks slick. And that may just because be because my amazing grandpa uh, on, my, on my mom's side actually makes wood carving stuff. Um, and he does a really good job at it. Um, the man like works so diligently in making a lot of this stuff for craft show, craft shows and events. He even made me a custom like wooden pen, which is really freaking cool. And like, I have it with me and I use it all the time. So maybe it's just because I've been, I have, uh, some, a family member who actually makes stuff in wood, but I thought the wood design for the belt was really cool. And I think it would be a cool thing to sell knock the price down like $200 and make it like $150 or something because it's made of wood. And then maybe you'll be able to get people to buy that title because the regular replica titles are way too expensive. I think Daniel Bryan is crazy good as a heel. I'm not sure if I like, because every single time I kind of get CJ Parker vibes and we need to dial that back a little bit because we can't go full CG CJ Parker. Because CJ Parker didn't make it out of T, make it out of uh, NXT, so that that says something. So we don't need the same sort of thing to happen, but with Daniel Bryan. Um, so that's that's my only concern with Daniel. But I don't think that's got that's something we need to worry about because Daniel is very comfortable as his heel character, and I think he knows how far to take it down that path. Um, I just hope the writers don't fuck him over. And that'll wrap it up, I think, for this solo episode of of Pinned to Pro Wrestling Podcast. I did my best to cover everything as fastly as I could. Obviously, it's a little tough for me to relay everything that's happened because a lot of time has passed since last week's Raw on SmackDown, so my memory on it wasn't the best, but I tried to present it as best I could. Um, I Once again, I'm very sorry that it took this long to get you guys this Royal Rumble results episode. Um, weather was just absolutely terrible. Like, if you want an example, I'll probably talk about this on another podcast, but uh, me and my sister and my roommates, 
went to go see Panic at the Disco at Van Andel Arena right as the vortex hit, like Midwest Michigan, like or, or yeah, like the mid the middle mi- middle of Michigan where I live. And like when I was driving to the concert and when I drove to pick up uh, Sydney, like it was you couldn't see like more than a foot in front of you at certain points. And then when we had to drive back at night, it was even worse. Thankfully, we made it through. Nobody died. The concert was great. And that's everything. But weather really kept us from making that Royal Rumble episode that we wanted to make for you guys instantly. So sorry it took this long to get it to you guys. But hopefully you enjoyed this solo episode. Uh, if you want more of these, we could definitely do some think pieces and stuff like that. Like, just as quick little bonus episodes for you guys. You guys have been incredible with the support this last month or two. You guys have been giving us so much support that it's overwhelming. And we genuinely appreciate everything that you do for us. Um, and we just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything that you, for all the support that you give us. Because it really means the world to us. That's why we love doing this. Because people like you are so supportive of us. And we're going to keep doing this podcast um, to bring you guys new content and good content. But anyways, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Pinned, a pro wrestling podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Pinned Podcast on Twitter or on Instagram. We're also on Instagram. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at szoomer4. If you want to follow my co-host Chad, who wasn't here this week, you can follow him at the Chad 100 and if you want to support us, and it would mean the world to us if you did, go to pinned. Go to my apologies. Go to Anchor.fm/pinned/support, and you guys can subscribe for a monthly subscription to support us um, monetarily to help us bring you guys more content and better content. And it would genuinely mean the world to us if you decided to support us so and we will be sure to shout you out if you do support us that's that's anchor.fm slash pin slash support and also be sure to support our our podcasting division and more media you can follow them at and more media co on facebook twitter or instagram or go to andmore.media to check out all of the podcasts here at and more media we just recently added a Big Brother and a Bachelor podcast. So if you're into reality TV, we got plenty of podcasts for you. Chad can talk to death about reality TV. Speaking of reality TV, the Big Bro- the Celebrity Big Brother season that they're covering on the Big Brother podcast has Eva Marie on it. So if you want a daily dose of Eva Marie, I'm sure Chad can relay you all the shit that Eva Marie's up to. But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for me here. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next time.